Welcome to Reddit Reads, our slash pro revenge. Our first Reddit post is from Deleted. Mistake me for a preteen and try to bully me at Target. I'll squeal on you to your mom's coach. To preface, I am a really short and skinny 20-something who could pass for a 12-year-old easy. This is relevant, I promise. A while back when this happened, I was at Target with my younger sister waiting for our nail appointment. Normal day sister bonding stuff. I think it was 30 minutes in when we found some ugly jackets in the menswear section and started trying them on for fun. Next thing I know, three girls in volleyball uniforms surround us. First thing I notice is two of the three girls were filming us while one girl is asking rapid-fire questions while holding a jacket up. I was so surprised and sort of speechless. My sister was also sort of stunned and silent the whole time. Rondo girl, hey, do you think this looks good on me? Holds a jacket up. Counterforenter, sure. I guess. Rondo girl, really? Counterforenter. 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 Yes. Rondo girl, okay. Buy it for me. Buy it for me. Are you serious? Rondo girl, you said you thought it looked good. No. We sort of went back and forth of me saying no and her insisting I buy her the jacket. Her friends filming also pitched in saying I should buy her the jacket and saying if I don't buy her the jacket, then I lied about it looking good on her. What can someone explain to me why they did this? Is this some sort of social media prank at the same time? I am slowly walking out of the menswear section and pushing my sister trying to get away. I could see my little sister was super uncomfortable and I know she is kind of shy so this is really mortifying for her. That made me angry. It also occurred to me that they must think I'm some sort of preteen like them because I can't fathom these type of kids bothering anybody within single hair of puberty. Honestly, they were all pudgy little asshole ten-year-olds. Meanwhile, I'm wearing my crooked glasses, messy jeans, and a YMCA summer camp shirt. Ick, why I even own this shirt, since I never went to their summer camp. My little sister is also wearing her middle school track shirt. Kids like them. In my most grown-ass voice, I could muster I say what? They. Fuck. Are. You. Shits. Doing I'm 20 years old. Do you think this is funny? What the fuck is wrong with you kids? Where's your mom's? In my best I need to speak to a manager voice. I ask my sister. Go find an employee. My sister takes off running. This is where the girls stop laughing and start telling me to chill out and it's just a prank. I go in on them about how so stupid they're being and how harassing strangers is decidedly not funny. I throw in some choice swear words and I can hear my crazy voice getting higher and angrier. I pull my phone out and start recording them and laughing manically saying think this is funny. Ha 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 I think this is where they started getting worried because they took off. I tried following them but then that employee following my sister appeared. I go on to explain how we were shopping and suddenly harassed by these three girls trying to force us to buy them things and filming us. I think I also tear up and the employee radios his manager. I repeat my story and show them the photos I took of little shits, sans my crazy video. Next thing, I know those asshole kids are rounded up 
I walk past and tell them to fuck off and drag my sister to our nail appointment. But I wasn't done. They were wearing bright yellow volleyball jerseys with their club names. I Google and find said club and blast any email I can find. I also message their Facebook. But I'm still not done. I go on social media and stalk through their photos. I find the club's Instagram and after some work, I find their friends who have tagged some moms. Through those moms I find their moms. I cross-reference Facebook and see the girls' parents with pictures of their families. I confirm the faces of the little assholes. I blast their social media with my disappointed and upset grown-up voice. I include their pictures. I also find the mom who was chaperoning the kids and I blast her too. I wait. Within hours I have a reply from the director of the volleyball club and replies from two of the parents. The mom who was chaperoning funnily enough blocked. I never got a direct apology from those shits. But I hope having a stranger hunting them down and contacting people from their lives scared them straight. To top it off, I posted a glowing review of the Target on how they handled the situation with little shit's faces. A week later, one of the dads asks me to take it down, so I oblige. He asked very nicely, Lesson don't be little shits to people. Edit W-O-O-O-A-H You guys, I was not expecting the response. Guys, I definitely know and understand I overreacted. I'm definitely overkill crazy. Like beat a dead horse crazy. But I didn't have a game plan that day on how to react and deal with the situation properly. I just reacted. Edit 2. When I was trying to mock the girls with my phone and laughing crazily, in my mind I thought I was like Randy from South Park, but I realized life is not like a cartoon, and I was a really scary five weirdo lady. I am not twelve. I'm just a socially inept adult. This comment is from Lying Sack of Pupshit. The thing I really like about this is that it was your sister being upset that set you off. This comment is from Stickener. Oh, this is weird. What are they doing? They upset my little sister. It's fucking go time. This comment is from Undertaker Dave. This teaches the kids that bothering people strange to them is not a good idea and that they can't always expect a rational and measured response from people just because they are kids. Did up overreact maybe, but now the kids have seen that one can never tell how somebody will respond to their foolishness. Our next Reddit post is from Photogem99. Try to cheat on my final exam watch your plan go down in flames. I see quite a few stories in here about students taking revenge on their teachers. I thought it was time I posted a story about instructors taking revenge on their students. I teach part-time as adjunct faculty at a business school. I have a policy in many of the courses that I teach that if you do better on the final exam than on the midterm, one semester some students decided to exploit this. Apparently, in an earlier semester, a student took photographs of his exam paper. This is absolutely against the rules. Somehow I didn't discover it at the time. A student sent me an anonymous tip that my exam was compromised. I was actually going to write a fully new exam for that section that semester, but I decided to test the student's assertion. I took the exam in question that was compromised, and I completely and subtly rewrote it.
I made it so that it looked the same as the old exam. However, if you actually read it, you'd see that the questions, or sometimes answers, on multiple choice questions were subtly changed, such that the correct answer would be very different. Any student who wasn't familiar with the old exam, and wasn't relying on it would do fine, because none of the wording was misleading or anything, it was just very misleading if you expected the previous exam to be that day's exam. The class average was a little lower than average, but most students did about as I would have expected. However, about seven students that clearly knew each other pretty well got very, very bad grades on the exam and failed it. None failed the course, but all of them had their overall grade go down significantly. I never heard a word of challenge from any of them. I've no idea if they figured out what I did, but I'm glad that student gave me the tip. I now routinely do this just in case. No idea if it's helping, but an instructor has to keep his students on their toes. This comment is from Photogem 99. Glorious. That would have been worthy of its own thread. This comment is from Mercus. The students deserved that. I used them more as a practice exam and solved studied them on my own. Never had an issue with profs changing things around because by the time I was done reviewing Lasker's exam, I was totally fine. Not cheating, I guess it's still cheating, with some level of integrity. This comment is from Oliphantin. Oh man, kind of reminds me of an organic chemistry course I took. The pref gave us back our exams after she marked them. I went in to ask about missing marks on one question, and she pulled out a photocopy she had made of my original exam to verify that I had not changed my answers before coming to her. Apparently she had caught quite a few people like that. Gave me a heart attack for a second before I remembered I hadn't even cheated anyways, so there was nothing to be scared about haha. Stupid brain of mine. Pretty badass of her though. Our next Reddit post is from Meshujna. Contractor abandons project midway resulting in damages. Tries to go off the grid, but I found him and now he's paying me every penny. This is a bit of a long one so I will try to keep some details out that aren't necessary to the story, but if I am happy to answer questions, if something isn't clear. This whole story takes place over the course of a year apps deck 2016 into deck 2017 and through March this year. So the story begins with my needing to hire a contractor to repair damage to a pole barn that I was constructing on our property. The structure was partially done when a storm hit and the structure had substantial damage. So, we bid a few contractors and the guy that seemed to be the best one, who was actually a referral from a friend, we signed a contract, and he started work within a week. We had also signed with him to complete the structure, after the insurance portion was completed because his crew could do this much more efficiently and a better job than we could do ourselves, which is what we were originally doing. His crew completes the insurance portion of the job, but then abandons the project just before starting the rest of it. No call, no email, nothing. I called and texted, and not one of my contact points was ever returned. At this point it was late December, and we thought maybe he and his crew had holiday plans but would resume right after. Then another windstorm hit and his crew hadn't braced, 
the partially complete structure correctly, and it almost collapsed again. I tried for two weeks to find him. I even drove out to the address on the contract we signed, which ended up being a house, on a rural road next town over. I knocked on the door seeing his car there. No one answered. I stopped by this house several different times, trying to catch him. The last few times, his car was no longer there, but the work truck of another company was. Wanting to know if he owned the house, I pulled up the tax records for it in the county it was in. Name on the house was not registered to him. So sounds like he rented, or at least was staying with a friend. The company info on the truck was registered to someone unrelated and not on the tax records. The tax records showed that the actual taxpayer of the property lived elsewhere. Here, where I live, the property owner name is listed, and if they do not actually live at that property, such as in using it for an investment, their address that would have the actual tax bill sent to is also on there. Given that knowledge, I pulled the court records for him to see if maybe he had been recently arrested, or if there was any other info. What I found was about 30 years of driving offenses, including a lot of DUIDWI charges and other records. At this point, I figured he was long gone, and being as I hadn't paid out any money to him for work that was not complete, I would just move on. At least until the structural engineer I hired to assess the damage to the work that was done stated that the structure had to be started over on that part, and the building materials that the contractor had left scattered around the job site. I had hoped that the structure could just be pulled back into place and resecured, but I was told this is not the case. So began the bigger drama and my determination to find him. So far, his negligence has cost $1,200 for a structural engineer opinion our insurance company paid for a second opinion because they didn't like what ours said, $2,500 for insurance deductible to the newest contractor hired to repair the exact damage that happened three months prior, and $7,000 in materials that his insurance company refused to cover or pay for. The adjuster for his insurance company said that he was able to locate the contractor but refused to give up any information for him directly. That, and the fact that the project wasn't finished had detriment to my farm and boarding business because two of my pastures that were connected to where the building was sitting couldn't be used. This limited my ability to use natural pasture grass in summer months by rotating pastures for each herd and had to purchase hay, which gets quite expensive. By the time the building was completed, and I could get my pastures back to normal, I had losses of over 14,000. Because I didn't know where he now lived, I used the only address I had for him to file for small claims court, which here has a limit of 15,000. The court documents I served came back undeliverable. This meant that I was kind of stuck, because a court date cannot be scheduled until all parties are properly served. But how do I find an address for someone who doesn't seem to register to any particular address directly, time was still on my side as this was still early mid last year. So I kept a watch on social media for anything with his name, which was a very unique one. If there was another man of the same name within this state, within even the same metro area, it was unlikely because of how unique the name was. Then one day this past fall, 
After Google searching the name again, there it was his Facebook page. His name hadn't shown up before on FB with several searches. Not sure why this was the case. Even better, all his settings were set to public. I could see everything he wrote about, including his recent commitment to stay sober earlier in 2017 just after he abandoned my project and his employer's name. He had posted a pic of him on a job sit and someone asked where he worked now. He named the place. So a quick Google search and voila, got an address to serve him court papers too. So I refiled with the newfound address. But I still needed a home address to enforce the judgment once I won the case. So what did I do seeing that he was listed as single in his page? I used a fake FB profile that I originally had in use to test various features I enable on pages that I start up under my real profile. Truthfully, I only used that profile for that purpose to make sure the settings I put in place truly work, but now it would serve another purpose. Getting this guy to give me all the information I needed playing on his being middle-aged and single. To create my alter ego, I found a website of a cute blonde lady in her 40s so as to not be too young for him, since he was around mid-40s himself, and just yanked pics. I only set one to the profile photo, and would use the rest if he asked for more. I changed all the pics in the profile to look like it was a typical page of the average mid-40s female. Holy crap did this work! And it worked so well. I used some information I found on his page to strike up a conversation about stuff stolen out of his work truck in the alley behind his house Big Clue, and it was reported to the city police dept he named the city, so another big clue. So using this information, and telling him I had grown up in the same area, I got him to give me a general area where he lived. Keeping conversation cool like, is the pizza joint still there, they've been around forever, etc. so he wouldn't get suspicious. Thank goodness for Google Maps giving me a better idea of that area so I could talk about it like I did in fact grow up there. In reality, I have only ever been in that city twice, and other times drove through on the way to somewhere else. I was able to narrow down the area he talked about, and using that info I pulled the police report records from that city. There were three reports done within the same area on that same day he reported. So, using that information I pulled the county tax records to see who owned the houses. I found three houses within that area that could possibly be rentals, since the owner name and taxpayer billing address did not match. This could be a long shot to find the person, but I didn't have anything to lose by searching. Just as I was about to call the homeowners to see if anyone by the name of the contractor rented from them, he posts some info on his page that made the calls completely unnecessary. He posted the name of his roommate in a status update, who I then check out the profile of. The profile lists the roommate's landscaping business. A quick Google search of that business name and bingo. His state business registration address matched one of the three addresses I suspected to be the rental house. So now I have his home address. He had already been served at his employer's address for the court date. Fast forward to the court date. He didn't show up, which I suspected he wouldn't so I got default judgment. 
between serving him papers and the court date passing. The FB profile I was using to talk to him was helpful in getting info out of him about his life, his job situation, how much he made per hour, me feigning knowledge about what construction trades paid, and the fact that he was looking at changing employers. He even told me the name of that employer. So I was armed with info should he decide to not work. He played right into my hands. Once I got the official judgment from the small claims court when I decided to contact him myself on FB using Messenger. I sat down and wrote out a whole paragraph to him, first typing it on Word so that I could print it out and edit it. I wrote that while I was angry at him, I was going to give him one chance to work a deal with me, rather than using our state debt of revenue play collection officer for me. I hate dealing with our state debt of revenue. They make the IRS look like Sunday school teachers. But if it came down to that I would, and they would start garnishing his wages. And here they take 25 of each paycheck after taxes, and have the person's employer do it for them, and then send it to me. However, I hate letting the state be the middleman because they just complicate things. But I told him straight out that if he refused to work with me directly, I would go to that extreme. I told him that I know he's an addict and has had struggles in the past. I told him that knowing he has had struggles, I was willing to work with him directly and give him an opportunity to offer a monthly payment amount that works for him and his budget. To shorten this up, he replied, agreed, signed and had notarized a monthly payment agreement complete with a list of manual labor tasks that he could use in place of a payment or two to help with some projects on my farm. TL Drive contractor ditched a project, resulting in significant financial damages that I could not recover via insurance. Used social media and my intimate knowledge of how to use public records to find people along with a fake FB profile that appealed to his lonely side. Ended up finding him after over a year and used my knowledge and rights of the court system to get him to pay me monthly rather than garnishing his wages, which I had every right to do. So far so good and it is nice having that payment show up every month. Edited to thank a kind soul for the gold. For several asking about the project list thing, most of the smallish but multistip things we need to do this summer will be so much easier if we had help. We can't afford to pay the pros for most projects, and often do most of these things ourselves. Problem is my husband needs shoulder surgery, which we are waiting until this winter to get done because of the healing time and PT it will involve, and I can only lift so much being 5-6 and 100 thier tilts. My two teenage boys help with what they can, but they aren't able to do everything we need help with in terms of construction projects. I wanted to give the contractor the opportunity if he wanted. This comment is from Meshujna. Part of this was when I was scrolling through his newsfeed, just after he abandoned the project he had posted, that he has a definite commitment to staying sober for the sake of his kids, especially his son, who is like 10 or something. Lots of pics of him and the kid and his other daughters. So knowing that what I would do would impact his ability to be a dad and do things with them, it would not be good karma if I strong-armed him and his kids suffered. He had made so many bad decisions for so long 
and it looked like he was truly committed this time. I didn't want to drive him to make more bad decisions that would ultimately impact the kids again, all for the sake of money. This comment is from Euthyotoptwo. Maybe you could be a private investigator on the side. This comment is from Will Zebra. Nice. I think you got pretty lucky with the Facebook finding. That was Reddit Reads. R slash pro revenge. If you like this content, please rate this podcast five stars. We upload new videos every day. See you tomorrow.